0: What's going on? I'm back for my second episode. Um so today we're going to be talking about uh, the effects COVID-19 is going to have on the economy of the United States um and how will how will our economy look in the future? Um you know, there's some obviously some companies that have been struggling from this of course um you know you got um sports amusement parks uh restaurants and as far as dine in uh, dine in restaurants you know churches you know that they're not necessarily a company but they've been struggling um just because we're we're not allowed to have services right um so, but some companies are also like they're actually doing better from this right i mean think of zoom oh my gosh imagine the amount of money they're making right now right technology is booming right now um because of just our our reliance on it right we've been using it for as our only source of interaction with other people because we haven't been able to go outside um obviously things are starting to get a little bit better um also going to be talking about you know what is it going to look like for me in the future when i try and get a job is it going to be harder now because Um, You know, I don't have as much experience as other people and other people have been losing their jobs. So now they're so now they're more willing to do jobs that, you know, I entry level positions because they've been losing their jobs. Right. So I think that'll be an interesting topic um, to talk about because it's going to directly affect, um, you know, I think my generation as far as ages like 15 to 19 right now. Um, but something I'm really looking forward to in this episode is that I'm going to be interviewing my longtime family friend and mentor, uh, Dale Northup. He actually works at Wells Fargo bank and he, he's a super intelligent guy, super smart guy, um, loves the Lord. Um, and I kind of want to specifically talk about him, uh, as far as how will stimulus checks affect our economy. Um, I know for sure that, uh, excuse me, that was the wrong choice of words. But um, I know that the government is kind of printing money that we don't really have. We're already trillions of dollars in debt and now we're getting into trillions and trillions of more dollars in debt, right? A debt that um, we're going to be paying off till the day I die probably and probably my children's children is going to be paying off. Um, So I thought that would be really interesting to ask him some questions about, um, you know, were the stimulus checks worth giving out? Did they benefit people? Did they benefit our long-term... uh, economy, health, health of our economy, excuse me, um, in our future. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited for that interview. Um, I think it'll be really cool. Um, yeah, so we're, first we'll jump into, um, my opinions or not just my opinions, but my response to, um, do you think the job market, um, will return to potentially being normal, uh, after coronavirus? Will it be, you know, will people begin to get their jobs back and it may look start to get a little bit normal and some of the companies that have been struggling and benefiting from the coronavirus? Okay, so first I'm gonna talk about um, what industries I think will be the most negatively impacted by um, COVID-19 after we, you know, kind of get back to normal, like what what businesses are gonna be just struggling the most. Um, And when I really think about the biggest one that, you know, that I just particularly think about the most is uh, sports. Um, I love sports, I love my football, I love basketball, baseball, um, I, I love going to all those games, but the fact of the matter is, Um, these teams, um, are not going to be able to host, you know, in-person games, most likely. Um, obviously there will be ways for them to make money through, um, TV and through, uh, recorded, recorded sports games. And, you know, they're going to find their ways to make their money, but they're going to be losing so much money from not, uh, hosting, hosting games in their stadiums. Um, I was, I was researching something for the Padres and, um, they came out with, like, their financial statement of them pro- probably losing somewhere around $79 million every month that they do not host or that they don't host home games um, at Petco Park. I mean, that is ridiculous. 79, $79 million a month just from from tickets, from sales um, at the games, right? I mean, everybody goes and buys a hot dog at a baseball game, right? Um, you know, you get people who buy jerseys and stuff at the games so so, i mean obviously these games are huge forms of revenue makers that these sports teams have been using um and i think they're just going to be hit really hard with being with uh players having to take pay cuts and i'm actually really interested to see how that um plays out just because i you know i love my sports i love watching sports um big sports guy um so i'm just i'm super interested to see um how that plays out like this upcoming season. Like they've never had to experience something like this before. Um, so I think that'll be super interesting. And the second thing I just wanted to talk about, um, was my future, um, in getting a job. Um, I think it's going to be a lot, it's going to look a lot different in the future just because of how many people have been losing their jobs. Um, how many people have been more willing to, take lower position jobs just because they've you know lost their their job so i mean this i was kind of experiencing this a couple months ago i was trying to find a job and it was really hard like i'm not gonna lie like i was i was getting less hours at the church and you know my mom uh lost her job and so i i had to you know get a job and then my mom was like hey i need you to like help out And so I had to go find a job and I was applying for a solid like three weeks and I had like four interviews and I I feel like I'm a pretty capable worker. And, um, I ended up not finding a job in those three weeks. Um, plenty of people, you know, like 24 to 26 year olds, you know, just that in between range of, you know, being experienced, but not at the, towards the top of the companies, uh, yet, you know, they, they got, they just got laid off. And so now these grocery stores and, uh, targets and, you know, all these places that I was applying to, you know, they're more willing to hire these 24 year olds who lost their job rather than a 17 year old who's trying to look for a job. Right. And so that was a pretty hard thing for me. It was like, shoot, I need to find it. Um, I need to find a job and it ended up taking me around a month, a month and a half, which I mean, isn't that long. I, you know, I really got blessed of finding a job at this, um, turf company installing turf. Um, so that, that's what I've been doing. Um, but no, yeah, I got super blessed for that. But it was hard because, um, a lot of these, uh, supervisors who I was talking to was like, Hey, like we, we like you. It's not like we don't like you, but, um, you know, during this time of COVID, like all these people who are older than you have just lost their jobs. So, I mean we're going to hire them first just because they have more experience than you. So it was actually, it was pretty tough for me through that stretch of time. But when I think about the future, um, I do think it'll consistently be harder um, for the near future, but I do think it'll eventually get back to normal. But I actually think more jobs are going to be provided, um, especially for our, our uh, age group of, you know, the 16 through the 21, you know, that range or maybe the 15 through 20, you know, whatever that uh, time period is. It's just because um, our value and knowledge of technology it has, you know, it has a surplus, especially in our age group. And I think there's going to be more and more jobs provided um, based off the need of technology, right? I mean, there's so many different things online to di- different companies you can work for, online businesses. Um, there's just so many things you can work for, um, online. And I think as we just progressively get more and more online, and uh, you know, storefronts are honestly depreciating uh, day by day. You know, I think in these next, you know, 10 years or so, I think more and more jobs are going to be provided to young people because we know so much about technology and we've been um surrounded by technology since we were kids. So I actually think uh there'll be more jobs uh excuse me, there'll be more jobs provided because of our reliance and need for more and more technology. So like I said earlier, I'm about to go head over to I'm one of my family friend's house, and i I just wanted to ask him specifically about stimulus checks and how he thinks that will affect our economy in the future, just because you know this is a huge huge amount of money that we've um, that the government's been issuing out to um the country that have you know so many people lost their jobs and are on unemployment um, and you know it also brings up the uh, the people who didn't even have a job. Um, but now we're signing up for unemployment and have been getting money for really not any reason. So I, th- I thought it would be a good idea to talk to him. Um, really a guy I trust and guy who knows a lot, really wise. Um, so yeah, let's jump over to that interview and, uh, I'll catch up with you guys there. Okay, cool. So I'm joined with Dale Northup, uh, my longtime family friend and mentor. And so I kind of just want to interview and talk to you specifically about stimulus checks, um, your opinion on that, and where do you think the future is going with all this debt we've accumulated?
1: Um, So kind of just introduce yourself real quick. Sure. So uh, I am a longtime banking, at this point, executive. And I work for one of the major banks in town here, and my role is that I work in kind of the wholesale corporate uh, arm of the bank that makes loans to super large public companies. So I kind of have a unique perspective on this whole COVID thing, and you know, part of it is, is just my perspective from being in banking, and the other part is just from being uh, alive over the past 50 years some
0: ideas. So (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So for the first question I wanna ask is do you think the stimulus check like helped? Obviously, it's helped like families like me, right? So like my mom lost her job, and so she like this was like a huge blessing from the government. Actually, that like, you know she was like busting her butt working um, and received these checks, right? Um, but there's also the flip side of that is people who aren't working and they receive these checks and really like they're getting this free money. They're making more money now than they were before Corona, and so now we're just like accumulating more and more debt. Do you think it was worth it? Basically, that's the question I'm asked. Like if you were if you were the president of the United States, do you think you would have implemented this stimulus check? bill like donald trump did
1: yeah so that's a super uh delicate question because the answer on the one hand if you if you apply pure economics to the answer then you could be accused of being heartless and not compassionate um on the other hand um with with kind of unlimited stimulus you run the risk of becoming a more of a socialist country, which yeah. um, at our core, we have been a capitalist um, society, and uh, we've we've tried to reach out and have programs for people that are in. in
0: sorry, I just got a phone call, so you got to pick it up from, from where we left off, but I'm sorry about that. The audio just cut out. So yeah, if you could just pick up where you are. Sure.
1: So the, the whole question of whether or not the stimulus checks were a worthwhile proposition, to, to the people that received it, obviously the answer is yes. Uh, it's kind of found money. In a lot of cases, people were making more money, as you said, um, with the checks than they were prior to, um, to the COVID crisis hitting. Um, I I'm kind of looking at the bigger picture, which is the stimulus checks were part of a $2 trillion stimulus that was passed by Congress and then ultimately signed into law by the president. And to put that into perspective, uh, there's a measure of of currency that's in circulation, so that would consist of like physical currency, coins, uh, checking accounts, not saving accounts, uh, traveler's checks, that's that's an economic uh, term, it's called M1, money supply one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we actually so, learned about that. Early. Yeah, so to yeah. put this in perspective, I think M1 is probably in the $4 trillion range, and so to have $2 trillion kind of injected in, yeah. um, actually, and you have to look at the funding source. So that $2 trillion didn't just come out of thin air, right? Yeah. Eventually, yes. taxpayers are going to have to pay that back, sure. but the immediate source of that funding would have been the Fed, right? So the Fed has stepped in ever since 2008, 2009. Um, The Federal Reserve has stepped in with this um, quantitative easing. So basically what the Fed does is it purchases government bonds uh, from the US Treasury and in doing so that money supply is injected into the system um, and the latest i've heard is that there's really no lid on what they're going to be doing now as far as that injection of money Mm -hmm. so the the big picture is that i think we're going to have runaway inflation down the road yeah so that's one of the things that's going to happen and um there's really it's kind of a fundamental law of, of economics that if you have too much money that's chasing too few goods and I think if you look around the country, nobody's going to argue that like, gross domestic product is like skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that you've got the same amount of goods and services, or less, because people are actually consuming less, right? Mm-hmm. You have entire like, industries and factories and supply chains that have totally shut down, and it's going to take them a while to ramp up. Um, it's going to take consumers a while to get their checkbooks back out um so we just have the makings of uh you know a classic runaway inflation um in this country so mm-hmm. i think in the long run it could be a bad thing um it does beg the question though you know who are we as as a society and fundamentally are we trying to fix everybody's problem on the personal level or are we gonna kind of remain a capitalistic society so mm-hmm. uh, there's we could talk about that for a month, yeah you know, yeah for a, sure longer but
0: and then just the last and the next and last question I have is, um, do you think COVID nineteen will affect like our future generation to get jobs? So we were talking about earlier, um, just earlier in this episode, where there was a question that was like, do you think it's going to be harder now that? Um, you know, so many people have lost their job. So, I mean, personally, I was trying to find a job at like a grocery store. Right. And I was like, I was like looking through all these places and there was a lot of actually job openings, but a lot of 24, you know, like 22 to like 26 year olds, they just lost their job. Right. Cause they were just like right in that in-between field where they mm-hmm. had experience, but not like a whole lot of experience. So they weren't like towards the top of the company. So they ended up getting fired. And so for someone like me, who is like, my mom was like, Hey, I need you to find a job and start um, you know, helping just cause she lost her job. And so I was like trying to look for places to find, I actually got lucky and I found a job. Right. Um, but for that solid, like two months, I was just like looking and everything was taken up by these, uh, you know, like 22 to 25 year olds like that age range. And so do you think the future of, you know, uh, jobs for my generation from that, like 16 to 19, 15 to 20, you know, that range, do you think it'll be harder for our future or easier?
1: I, so that's that's a good question. I think that you have to make a distinction um, as you have in the age bracket that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. I think that for people, you know, age 40, 50 and above, um, who have a more difficult time kind of transitioning and and morphing and learning new skills, I think that those guys are, are really going to be in, in tough situations. I think that the folks in the younger category that are kind of looking for entry level jobs and that type of thing, I think it's going to be tougher, clearly it's going to be tougher. But I think that to those who can be uh, you know, somewhat creative, that there's going to be opportunities out there and, and probably opportunities that we don't even know of. Especially in technology. Yeah, that was yeah. something we were talking about earlier. It's just like – I mean think of Zoom. Like they're making yeah.
0: so much money right now. Yeah. Like no not no one was using – I mean I shouldn't say no one, but a decent amount of people were using Zoom before. But now it's like – Everything, you know, church, uh, work meetings, all these things are now right. on Zoom. So right. a company like that, they're booming, right? And they have all these jobs that are being provided. So-, so you could
1: you could go on staff of a company and you've got a bunch of people that don't know how to use Zoom or make it work for them. And you could be an implementation specialist for Zoom, right? Yeah. So, you know, we just made up that job right on the fly. So. Um, I think that there will be jobs out there, but the whole the whole landscape has changed because I think there's so much more work from home ability now that people have, and corporations are really rethinking the need for the brick and mortar like, yeah physical oh, for office, sure. mm-hmm. uh, especially
0: if they get destroyed. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean to give you an example, uh, you know my the bank I work for has uh, almost 300,000 employees. Mm-hmm. Um, that works for it, and 200,000 of those are working from home. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's an, an insane that's... shift. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and the fact that life can go on and and the business can remain viable um, with that dynamic happening is just, it's really unprecedented. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot about this COVID thing that we just don't Maybe know just what don't we know. don't know, yeah. and mm-hmm. obviously nobody knows what the future holds, but... The facts, kind of back to the, the overarching question is, how is this going to impact our futures and the economy? I think that inflation is going to be you know, out of control, and I think that taxes are going to have to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as repayment, heck, our national deficit has been running at at least a trillion dollars a year for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's a whole other yeah, thing. so okay. we've got a national debt of over, what, 25 trillion or something you know, amazing amount like that. So you add... You know, this additional borrowed money to that, we're going to be at $30 trillion, $35 trillion before you even blink. And we haven't even started to think about paying back principal on that, right? Yeah. We're trying to pay interest, um, but there's – we're – I mean, it's the proverbial kicking the can down the road. Nobody's even started a conversation about, gee, well, how do we pay back our national debt?
0: Yeah, have, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, but for sure, thank you. Thank you for um, joining and answering these questions. I really appreciate it. Um, We'll pick it back up in a couple minutes here talking about... Um, next episode talking about how churches will uh, start rebuilding and um, what does the future of churches look like? Cause that's kind of unprecedented too. We don't know if we're allowed to have service. We just don't know what you know. We don't really know what's to come. That's like the over, um, the overgrowing theme that we're seeing over these past couple of episodes. Is just we don't know. Um, so I think that'll be super interesting. It interesting and um, yeah, I'll catch up back on that next episode. But thank you for listening, and I appreciate you.